0: This is the Hoosier Ag Today Wednesday morning podcast on the 20th of December 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, Eric Pfeiffer, and C.J. Miller coming up with news today. Eric reporting again from the Panama Canal during his trip with Indiana farmers there. Also in the news, key issues for Indiana Farm Bureau going into 2024. This hat podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. Also today, Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has mild air taking hold, and it was more losses in corn and beans. We have Arlen Suderman analysis today on the HAT Wednesday morning podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, Member FDIC,
1: Equal Opportunity Lender. In Indiana, there isn't a country road, county highway, or interstate where you don't pass a farm. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Those of us involved in agribusiness understand the importance of our industry. ACI exists to advocate for the needs of our members and the whole of Indiana agribusiness at the Statehouse and beyond. We hope you'll join us. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. The real problem at the Panama Canal and Indiana Farm Bureau's legislative priorities for 2024. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Our Eric Pfeiffer is on the road in Panama this week, reporting how drought conditions are impacting grain shipments and other ag exports at the Panama Canal. Eric? Fresh water is the gasoline for the Panama Canal, making it run. The man-made Gatun Lake between the locks gathers that rainwater to make the locks functional. Gatun Lake typically sits around 87 feet above sea level. Right now... It's around 81 feet, causing the Panama Canal Authority to limit the number of transits through the canal each day.
2: Normally you would expect about 38 to 40 vessel transits per day through the Panama Canal. And right now they've they've instituted restrictions, so we're down to about 22 now and that it can even get down to 18 when we when it comes to february that's mike
1: Steenhook, executive director of the soy transportation coalition down here in panama he adds that unfortunately vessels carrying soybeans and other grains aren't at the front of the line
2: to get through either they're basing that restriction largely on who's who has the ability to pay the most and i understand that but those tend to be the large container vessels and the the liquid natural gas and petroleum gas kind of vessels. It's not actually the the dry bulk vessels.
1: Steenhook says that a confluence of events is hindering grain movements to overseas markets. Drought conditions have hit the Mississippi River as well as the Canal de Panama.
2: But now there are concerns on the Suez Canal in Egypt. There are you know, these Yemenis terrorists that are intercepting and attacking vessels of, of all types after they've exited the Suez Canal heading south by the Arabian Peninsula to the point where a lot of these ocean carriers are are saying we're gonna suspend operations through the Suez Canal because it's not safe. And all of these events are costing US producers money, money they can't just afford to absorb. And if we try to pass those costs on to our customers, customers will respond by saying well maybe it's a good day to buy more from Brazil and and so that that is our reality so a lot of those costs are Ultimately absorbed by the farmer.
1: Steenhook says we do benefit in the U.S. from having a strong rail system to move goods to the West Coast to ship out from there, but that comes at an increased cost as well. To make matters worse, Panama just entered their dry season that runs from now through mid April. From Panama City in Central America, I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Well, coming out of the Indiana Farm Bureau State Convention last weekend, the legislative focus is clear for members and leaders of the organization. Andy Eubank has more. INFB President Randy Crone says
0: they're energized to tackle issues in early January when the General Assembly convenes, and two of those rise to the top.
3: Water's one of them that we've got on the front burner right now. Uh, the other one is a lot of proposals on tax reform. We've actually put a task force together for both of those, which is unusual to have two in one year like that, but they're both so important in long-term precedents, what happens and the impact on agriculture. Could be tremendous.
0: The Leap Project in Boone County, which wants to withdraw water from the Tippecanoe County area, has been a catalyst for water quantity discussions.
3: We're going to start with the task force. We're bringing in some thought leaders and trying to sort out and understand the policy. The Leap District is what kind of kicked this off, but we understand there's water shortages other places around the state. And if you start piping water, what's going to be the policy? What's the precedent? What happens if you know? In 10 or 15 years there's a shortage where they're doing it you know how do we change what's the policy going to be who's the winners and who's the losers really and so we want to make sure we get policy in place that I would hope there's never a water crisis in Indiana but if there is we're not setting a policy in the middle of the crisis we've got the framework to decide up front.
0: crone shared with Hat he never dreamed years ago there would one day be water quantity concerns here in Indiana.
3: We've talked the quality side quite a bit the quantity Uh, But when you have somebody wanting to pump 100 million gallons a day from one watershed to another, it makes you... kind of set up and say, okay, what's the policy around it and how are we going to deal with it? And that's what I've charged the task force to look at. And we've brought some outside experts and uh, hydrogeologists in to help us understand this, for we know what we're dealing with. And part of it, I think what's going to be key is monitoring when they're pulling this water out to make sure if we're not recharging aquifers, we need to make decisions early, not when we're at a point of a crisis.
0: Indiana Farm Bureau will host the legislative forum to kick off the session in January. County leaders will have a chance to meet with Indiana House and Senate legislative leaders on January 9th at the Indiana Roof Ballroom. Crone was happy to tout membership growth last week at their convention. It has now increased eight years in a row.
3: It's been a slow steady increase and that's what we've talked about at Let's just be steady and work at it year after year, and we've been able to accomplish that. Proud of our volunteers and what they've done there, Uh, our staff, and also the insurance team plays a very important part of the membership puzzle, so we thank all of them for their hard work.
0: Randy Krohn, Indiana Farm
1: Bureau. I'm Andy Eubank. And I'm C.J. Miller. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Radio Network. Let's face it operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year that's why an operating loan from farm credit bit america is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back loan subject to credit approval additional terms and conditions may apply farm credit bit america is an equal opportunity lender
4: Mile there in charge of Indiana for a stretch. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act today's Indiana Farm forecast. Southwest flow, going to pump temperatures up here a little bit as we move through today and tomorrow. We look for sunshine and blue sky through most of the next couple of days. Not a bad setup here as we work our way toward the Christmas holiday weekend. Clouds will be increasing as we move into Friday. Out of the clouds, I won't rule out a few hit and misses scattered showers. I think we'll end up with coverage around 60% of the Hoosier State. We had been saying more central and southern Indiana right now. I guess I don't want to finesse it too much. I think by the time we get into Saturday afternoon and evening, the – majority of the state will have had a chance for a few hundreds to a few tens, but again, 60% coverage is probably where we shake out at. Christmas Eve on Sunday is mostly dry with clouds and some sunshine, and then for Christmas Day, we have a wet Christmas, not a white Christmas. Rain's moving through. I expect anywhere from a quarter to three quarters of an inch on Christmas Day and Christmas Night. What's really interesting then is once we get done with Christmas, overnight Christmas night right on through Tuesday the 26th, Wednesday the 27th, and Thursday Thursday, the 28th, this upper level system or an upper level system seems to want to just sit here and rotate. It's cut off from the jet stream, so we're going to have several days back to back to back of moisture. At this point, I think most of it is predominantly rain. But I don't want to rule out a few sloppy wet snowflakes, especially as we get into the 28th. That is Thursday. But plentiful moisture. I think we could add Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, another one to one and a half inches of precipitation across 100% of the Hoosier State. So gear up. It's going to be a wet final week, the way it looks, between Christmas and New Year's. A wet final week of 2023. Now, that really relies on this upper level low A taking the same track that we see, and B, slowing dramatically like what we're seeing. If this thing is able to catch a wave of a jet stream and move through faster, All bets are off, but this is the way that we're seeing things here this morning. We'll update you again multiple times before this week is done. After we get rid of all of the moisture, so right when we're getting out of the Thursday time frame going into Friday the 29th, we do see a big cool down coming for a good chunk of the eastern United States. So we're cooler than normal to finish out the month. But it's not cooler than normal for very long, seeing strong surges in temperatures again over the western United States as we head toward New Year's Day. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin.
0: Mixed markets again, this time a sharp sell-off in soybean futures. This is Who's Your Ag? Today's Tuesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. I'll have settlements momentarily. We get some market analysis, first of all, from Arlen Suderman. I checked in with him at the end of the trading session. Soybeans wipe out their Monday gains. That's about center-west Brazil weather. We'll let you talk about those forecasts. A turnaround in the wheat market, which was higher on Monday but goes lower on Tuesday. That's about world grain movement, the risk therein. So let's start with beans, a very stout sell-off.
5: Yeah, and and you mentioned the wheat and soybeans. It's really ironic where one was up yesterday and the other was down yesterday. And today we simply reverse that, mostly staying in the same trading range. And that's the advent of algo computer trading that we have. And when you get into low-volume holiday periods, they have more power to really move the market like that. But when we talk about fundamental connection there in soybeans and why the down movement – um, it's rains for center-west Brazil that are moving forward in a forecast expected to become much more extensive over the next 24 to 48 hours. Does that mean it's going to solve the problems in Brazil? Certainly not. Uh, but the potential is there for to make a significant dent. Think of it as getting some good rains in early to mid-August when you've been really dry in the Midwest. And that's the type of impact that you can get on soybean production in that area. So, we're going to be watching these rainfall totals real closely. It's not, there's still enough risk to provide underlying support to this market. So, we haven't broke to new lows, um, but still, traders are reluctant to take it to uh, new highs. Uh, with rain in the forecast.
0: We'll talk about the wheat as well, but corn, as usual, stuck in the middle.
5: Yeah, really stuck in the middle, going nowhere, but making its way lower. And Really, the chart's starting to turn negative. And I think we've talked before about when you have a lot of carry in the market, meaning those deferred contracts are a significant premium, that's an indica- That's not a bullish indication that prices are going to be going higher. It's an indication you have too much grain, and so the market's trying to pay to store it rather than to deliver it now. And when that happens, when the nearby month contract expires then the other months just kind of ratchet down to that level. And we just had the December contract expire around the 456 level. So therefore now the March is moving in that direction toward that level with the other contracts, the May, July, September following. And that's what we're seeing unfolding in the corn market.
0: And as we look at the overseas attacks, they're uh, affecting... The tone, anyway, or the feeling about grain shipments, it's, uh, it's risky right now. Exactly what areas are the most at risk?
5: Right now, most of the headlines are about the Red Sea, uh, chips going to and from the Suez Canal. And you think, well, how does that affect us? With the Panama Canal having low water levels right now, with limited chips going through there, grain cargo simply can't afford to bid for the auction spots for those slots. So anything going from the Gulf of Mexico to our critical key markets in Southeast Asia, be it China or be it uh, any of the number of those countries in that area of the world, they're going through the Suez Canal. So as we see the Houthi rebels starting to target civilian ships in that area, they haven't targeted grain ships to this point. They've targeted crude oil-containing ships and uh, as well as freight car- uh, container ships. But all of that increases risk, which increases the insurance costs for those ships. The alternative is to go all the way around the southern end of Africa, which adds further costs and delays as well. Followed by that would be the Black Sea and then the Panama Canal.
0: So there's a lot happening around the world. And here we thought, to use your term, the holiday malaise in the markets would have begun by now.
5: Yeah, and typically when you slow down the volume for a holiday trading, that means you are more susceptible to bigger moves, particularly in this day of computers. Um, that when you start moving in one direction, you have the momentum trading algo computers who add orders in that direction. So if that momentum's to the downside, they'll add sell orders. If it's to the upside, they'll add. Uh, buy orders and that just uh, amplifies the move that you are making anyway and so that's one of the reasons we saw the bigger move to the downside in soybeans and the bigger move to the upside in wheat on this tuesday uh, as those uh, algo computers just really amplify those moves.
0: Market analysis from Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX, Arlen Suderman. Now, settlements from Tuesday trade down 4 and a quarter on March and May corn. The March contract 472 and 3 quarters and May ends at 485 and a quarter. July 494 and 3 quarters down almost a nickel. January beans $13.12 and a half down 14 and a half cents. March 1322 and a half a loss of 17 and a half cents and March wheat ends the day 5 and 3 quarters higher at 622 and 3 quarters. The meats down, February live cattle 16877 down 85 cents and February lean hogs 7055 down a dollar 2. I mean, do you bank with the Tuesday review. This is Hoosier Ag today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.